This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Puck is dropped, scrummed, it goes into the corner. Fed around the boards to the far boards and out. And that will do it. Chipped down in back of the Toronto goal. It comes out in front and pushed into the net by Alex Killorn. And the Tampa Bay Lightning will not go quietly into the night. Having gone to the Stanley Cup final, winning two and into the championship for a third time last year. Show the colors of a champion here by beating the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight by a score of 4-2. to two. If the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in round one of this year's Stanley Cup playoffs, it won't be an easy out. The Tampa Bay Lightning proving once again why they've been such a difficult out in the last three Stanley Cup playoffs as they walk into Toronto. Take game five by a 4-2 score, as you heard from Joe Bowen on the Leafs radio network. Force a game six back in Tampa Bay and plant just a small seed of doubt in Toronto's hopes of finally moving on to the second round for the first time since 2004. Welcome to Sportsnet today. Happy Friday. Thanks for tuning in. If you're listening live or on the podcast, we're coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Downtown Studios here in sunny Calgary, Alberta, Canada. My outstanding production team of Cam and Taylor along with us this afternoon. And we've got a lot to get to on the program today. We'll, of course, talk about last night's results in the NHL, which saw our first team advancing to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs as the Vegas Golden Knights down the Winnipeg Jets. And while we will talk about Vegas and their continued success in the playoffs, uh, more conversation about Winnipeg and the comments from head coach Rick Bonus, which we'll hear in just moments, plus the Devils. 4 nothing winners over the New York Rangers who don't appear to have answers for Akira Schmid and the Devils, who have now won three straight and looked to head into MSG and upset the Rangers in game six of that series. We'll also check in with uh, Tanner Cook, Roughnecks forward, uh, about a week away for the Calgary Roughnecks from getting back into action at the Scotiabank Saladome. They've got a playoff game next Saturday at the Scotiabank Saladome. Opponent to be determined. After a record year for the Roughnecks, which saw them win 13 games in the regular season, we'll check in on one of their breakout stars this year in Tanner Cook, see how they're feeling on a bye week in the last week of the NLL's regular season, and see how they're feeling heading into a playoff game at the Saddle Dome in a week's time. And we'll also check in on the Calgary Wranglers, who occupy the Scotiabank Saddle Dome tonight for Game 2 of their series against the Abbotsford Canucks. A game which you can hear right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan, at 7 o'clock. They've won game one with a Jacob Pelche OT winner. 
can they take a stranglehold in the best of five series with a win tonight? And last but not least, in hour two, we'll check uh, we'll check in with our pal Andy McNamara, uh, fantasy football guru, of course, and uh, NFL analyst as we uh, break down what happened in a wild round one of the NFL draft last night in Kansas City. Surprise picks, uh, major trades happening, the Houston Texans stealing the show early on. Uh, lots to get to with Andy McNamara, so stay tuned for all of that as we get the show underway here today. And uh, the story right now coming out of the NHL's playoffs last night is the Winnipeg Jets as their season comes to an end against the Vegas Golden Knights. It was never really in doubt this Mark Stone goal wound up being the game winner. But let's be honest, the game was, was pretty much over uh, well before this. Slow down on the glass by Hellebuck. Mark Stone makes it 2 nothing with his third of the postseason. 4-1 is your final score. The Jets pulled Connor Hellebuck. With just over eight minutes remaining in the third period, down 4 nothing, Kyle Connor would score to get them on the board, but they would uh, not come any closer than that. Their season is over in five games in the Western Conference, round one against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. And I've got to be honest, it was a flat end to their season, and it had a lot of people wondering what exactly we saw from Winnipeg in a must-win game. Yes, it's always tough going into Vegas. That place has a great reputation for uh, being a loud fan base, being an excited one. The Jets did lose two games at home. You're looking at an uphill battle, but there just was not enough fight from a Winnipeg Jets team who, yes, didn't have Mark Shifley, didn't have Josh Morrissey, and Nick Ehlers did come back in the lineup, was banged up throughout the game. And you look, you're missing a lot of star power. I get it. But the pushback was not there from the Winnipeg Jets. It was something their head coach noticed. And it was something that he put on the line in a all-time presser last night. It's 62 seconds long, but it tells you everything you need to know about this edition of the Winnipeg Jets. No questions? Good. Hi, Rick. Just uh, overall thoughts on that one. Overall thoughts? I'm so disappointed and disgusted right now. That's my thoughts. Where does the disgust come from? Pardon me? Where does the disgust come from? No pushback. But it's the same crap we saw in February. It was. That's why we... So as soon as we were challenging for first place and teams were coming after us, we had no pushback. This series, we had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours, it's not even close. It was like you've been holding these feelings on for a bit. Is it just yep. out of tonight's game or finally wanted to release that? It's, it started with, back in January and February. What is it about this team's leadership core that, or the top-end players? We've talked all we got to push back. There's got to be a pushback. There's got to be pride. you got to be able to push back when things aren't going your way. We had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours tonight. They deserved to win. They were the better team in the regular season. They were the better team in this series. Anything else? Good. Thanks. Mike drop 
Rick Bonus. Tell me how you really feel, Rick. Let's go through some of the great words that Rick had in that. Disgusted. Their top players were better than our top players. We had no pushback. That is a damning 62 seconds from your team and uh, from your coach to your team. How does that happen? He's uh, the best part is the start where he goes, no questions. Perfect. Cause you know, he's about to go off. He's going to start that himself. If nobody does, somebody asks, you know, the general, you know, how'd you feel? about it? I was disgusted. How about it? How did it, how did it, you know, he feels like you've held on to this for a lot. Yeah, I've held on to it since January, February. What? That's some great confidence from your head coach there, eh? It is May on Monday, people. And your coach has been feeling like this since January, February. But also, here's the thing. If he's been holding on to it for four or five months now, he had the time to take it and change what he needed to, but he just didn't really. And that's fair. And I think that there's going to be a lot of people who, who look at that. And I think sometimes that approach and we, we deal with it here in Calgary sometimes Taylor too, is how does a coach walk that line from being too right? Because there was a point when he's saying that is when they were legitimately fighting for exactly what they thought they were going to be, the top team in the West, right? So even though you're not really doing it the right way and you don't feel like the process is right, it's kind of hard to argue with results, right? It's like going out after a win and being like, yeah, you know what? Ah, got two points, but we kind of sucked tonight. I don't really know how the hell we got two points, but, but we did it, so we'll move on, right? So I think you kind of bottle those feelings up a bit. And then, as he, as we know here in Calgary... They've been in a playoff race for a month and a half because they stunk and somehow led Calgary and Nashville into the conversation. Barely slipped into the playoffs and didn't use that as any. And I was worried about this from that game against Calgary, the one that we had all circled on our calendars here in Calgary as that big matchup. Calgary coming off a back-to-back against Chicago. You'll remember it. They let one go against the Blackhawks like they did all season. But we said, look, you can still go into Winnipeg and get two points, but it's going to be hard. That Jets team is going to be ready to go. They're going to be fired up. They weren't. There was no pushback in that game. And that was the biggest game of their season to that point. So why are we surprised, maybe we're not, that come playoff time, they didn't have any of that push either. That is... Everything you need to know about the Winnipeg Jets in 62 seconds. And probably less than that. You take out a couple seconds for the reporter who tried his best to, to steer that thing. It's like 50 seconds on everything that's wrong with your team. No pushback, no heart. Their top players kicked our top players' asses. And it's been a problem all year long or at least since January, and that's long enough. What do you do if you're the Winnipeg Jets? And a lot of people said it last night. 
and I think it's as appropriate now as it's ever been, there needs to be some massive changes in that organization. I don't know if Rick Bonas comes back. That's a guy that, you know, probably feels a lot like Paul Maurice did, that maybe the message wasn't getting through to his top guys. But at the same time, how many of those top guys are going to be back? I could not recommend, if you're looking for more on the Jets, to head to Ken Weeb, our, our buddy uh, from Sportsnet.ca, who covers the Jets on a regular basis. His piece last night on what comes next for this team. And it's about changing. It's, it's time to blow it up in Winnipeg is essentially what Ken's piece was. He was on the Jeff Merrick show a little bit earlier today as well with that same message. If that's what Rick Bonas feels is is coming from his team right now, it's got to be changed. Pierre-Luc Dubois, you're an RFA. I'm sure you're a great player. You're 24 years old, but I'm sorry. I'm sick of the I'm going to walk thing that you said a year ago already. You're an RFA. I'll find you a new home this year. He kind of does that when he gives up on a team and doesn't want to play for them anymore. He just stops playing. Did it in Columbus. And I I don't know what team he would actually be at the end of the year and kind of be like, all right, I'm good. This is I'm gonna put my full effort into it. Well it seems like Montreal has been the be all end all for him since those comments. But if you're the Montreal Canadiens, I'm not touching that. Ken I've got Hughes a couple is... I've got a couple young centers myself that uh I'll work with. I don't need that kind of attitude in my locker room. Sorry. I, I know Blake Wheeler was in a tough spot. His contract is now overseed, you know, overstated what he is as a player. The captaincy was stripped from him. They talked about finding a new home for him in the last offseason. I think that's got to be a conversation. You start up again. And you've got one more year of Connor Hellebuck. One of those questions that we're asking here in Calgary about pending UFAs uh, in 2024 have to be asked about the Winnipeg Jets as well. Starting with Connor Hellebuck. He's going to be 30 years old, coming off a contract that sees him paid $6.1 million against the salary cap. He'll be due for a raise. But is he sticking around if this team is... In the kind of shape that Rick Bonus says it's in? I don't think so. As good as Kyle Connor is and can be, seems like a, a guy that's been a point of frustration at times for Jets fans, for being one of those top players that's not always there. That is it. Just a fast... I gotta play it again because it's so... Damn good. Like Rick Bonus just leaves nothing on the table. It is scorched earth last night. No questions? Good. Good. Here I go. Oh, wait, I went for it. Okay. Overall thoughts? I'm so disappointed and disgusted right now. That's my thoughts. Where does the disgust come from? Pardon me? Where does the disgust come from? No pushback. But it's the same crap we saw in February. It was. That's why we, so as soon as we were challenging for first place and teams were coming after us, we had no pushback. This series, we had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours, it's not even close. 
Feels like you've been holding these feelings on for a bit. Is it just yep. out of tonight's game or finally wanted to release that? It's, it started with, back in January and February. What is it about this team's leadership core that, or the top end players? We've talked all we got to push back. There's got to be a pushback. There's got to be pride. You got to be able to push back when things aren't going your way. We had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours tonight. They deserved to win. They were the better team in the regular season. They were the better team in this series. Anything else? Good. Thanks. Yikes. Uh, how high does that rate on the oof meter? That's a 10. That's a 10 out of 10 on the oof meter. That's a big old oof. And I pick up things. I've heard it 10 times already. I listened to it 100 times last night. And I still pick things up, Taylor. It's just those words that they come in. We have no pride. Ouch! No pushback, no Yikes. pride, disgusted. Nothing left. Whew. Or as you say, oof. That's a big oof. Biggest of oofs. I cannot wait to see what happens with Winnipeg in the offseason. Because you ain't running that shit back. I can tell you that much. Some of your texts at 960-960, the fan feedback line, always open to you here on Sportsnet today. Not surprising, a few reactions to that loss last night from the Jets and more so what uh, Rick Bonus had to say last night. Uh, this one says, uh, I said Vegas was going to sweep, close enough. Uh, this one says, the only time the Jets looked alive logo is when they pulled the goalie with eight minutes left. Those comments from Bonus were fire. Calgary was on a back-to-back -back versus that game uh, when they went into Winnipeg. Crazy to think they didn't have any pushback then. This one says, uh, this pretty much says it, Calgary Jets and Winnipeg Flames, no heart, no effort, and to privilege, uh, for privileged players. Um, this Corey uh, texts in and says, Logan, you think Nashville or Calgary would have at least challenged Vegas? I do. Unfortunately, the Jets sneaked in. Calgary in particular could have finessed them even with a run from Daryl uh, behind the bench. I, I don't know. Nashville, I, I, I don't know about for sure, just given how many key injuries they had. The Calgary one's a complete mystery to me because we talked so much about them being a better playoff team. And I just kind of, I just didn't know if I, that notion ever sold throughout the year as much as I wanted to believe it would. I don't, I honestly don't know. Maybe Calgary would have being a division rival with, with Vegas put up more of a fight. I mean, there wasn't much from Winnipeg last night. So I guess you could say that national or Calgary probably could have easily put up more of a fight. Um, I think Rick Bonus would probably feel that way. Uh, Jose in Calgary texting in our pal says, Hey guys, in my opinion, Winnipeg had the same problem this year as Calgary. When you have no captain, you have no clear leadership. You have no vessel of translation of message from coach to player. You don't go to war without a general. You can't win a cup without a captain. No team in the history of the league has done it. You need your players to be accountable to someone in the room, not just the coach. Yeah, taking off the C of Wheeler may have helped in the short term. But not giving anyone else the C was also a mistake. 
Uh, Danny Cochran chimes in and says, any wonder why Trotz didn't want this job? Yeah, good point. Going back to the offseason, Dan, and everybody wondering and putting those dots together, and Barry Trotz seemed like the home run slam dunk choice to be that team's coach, but he was just ever so cautious about it and wound up not doing that. Now he's going to be the general manager in Nashville. Maybe he had a good inkling of, of what was happening in Winnipeg. Uh, this text says, you say you can't run that S back. Uh, uh, you replace a P with a T. I, I put a P in there instead of a T, uh, just to save my job, uh, for another day. Can't run that ship back. Like ship. A, a captain. Yeah. Like, like a, you know, like a general at sea, like a, a, Jack a pirate. Sparrow's yeah. boat. Yeah. You can't take that ship back to sea. Uh, this one says, uh, Bonas wasn't holding back internally with the team since January. He's been holding back from the public, uh, from going public with his disgust. Uh, this one says, even when they scored the two goals at the end, no excitement, no drive to keep pushing. This looked terrible from Winnipeg. And, uh, Kirk from the Northeast says, uh, Trotz would have been proud of Bonas presser last night, telling it like it is. And yeah, I'll say this. It's a bad situation in Winnipeg when your coach goes out and says it like that and doesn't let it fly to the next day to his end-of-season press conference or anything like that. But good on Rick Bonus for telling it how it is. Sometimes we just don't get enough of that in sports. Sometimes it can be misconstrued as criticism. But and look, it's, it's a tough job. I know there's, there's lots that go into it, and it can be hard to criticize guys that you spend so much time with, but good on the guy. I You can't tell me that you feel any different. It's not like what we saw on the ice was that much different from what Barry Trotz said, or from what Rick Bonus said last night, excuse me. That's exactly what we saw all series. Vegas was better. And it's clearly something he saw from his team for a long period of time. Good on him for saying it. Maybe some of those guys will look themselves in the mirror and say, I need to be better or I need to put myself in a situation where I can be my best and I don't need to uh, sit here and, you know, waste my time in Winnipeg if I don't want to be here. If you're Pierre-Luc Dubois or somebody else. <laughs> There's no reason to sugarcoat it if you're Winnipeg. You got your ass kicked in this series. You were lucky to get in and you did absolutely nothing with the opportunity. You won one game against Vegas, and now you've set yourself up for what could be a massive off-season of change, starting with those comments from Rick Bonus. Uh, also last night mentioned the Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning, 4-2 win for Tampa Bay. They head back to Tampa for game six, with that series still 3-2 Toronto. I, I don't know if Tampa Bay is going to come back in this one and force game seven. But for me, if you're Toronto, the biggest thing that was a worry last night was that Andre Vasilevsky started to look more like the Andre Vasilevsky we know. He has been below subpar this postseason. He has not been great. In the regular season, he was so-so but he looked a lot more like himself last night. 
And if that continues, that's a, a big worry. Still think you're okay if you're the Leafs, but you really, really don't want to go back to Toronto knowing the pressure you feel in that city for another Game 7 with your playoff hopes on the line. And last but not least, last night, Devils, 4 nothing winners over the New York Rangers. Palat, Halla, Mercer, and Halla again. Igor Shesterkin's trying to scream at his team, get them going. Well, the young man on the other side, Akira Schmidt, continues to be the story since being inserted in the lineup. He gets a shutout on 23 saves last night. Devils can go into MSG in Game 6 and eliminate their rivals from New York. Uh, That's a little bit on last night's action across the NHL. We will take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We will get get you set for the Calgary Wranglers and the Abbotsford Canucks coming up later tonight from the Scotiabank Saddle Dome and take a look at a four-game schedule on the NHL ice tonight where the defending Stanley Cup champions are on the brink of elimination as they head to Seattle. We'll talk about all of that and more as Sportsnet Today continues here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Sutter banks it off the boards. Nice pass to Klopka. Klopka scores! Adam Klopka, what a beauty! His first playoff goal. Calgary leads 2-1 with 11-11 to go in period number three. The Calgary Wranglers are back at the Scotiabank Saddledome and back on your radios tonight. Game two. Their best of five series in round two of the AHL's Calder Cup playoffs. They look to take a commanding 2-0 series lead with a victory tonight. 7 o'clock puck drop from the Dome, or you can listen to the game right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan, Sandra Persino, with a tremendous job calling game one. Uh, hoping for more results uh, for the Calgary Wranglers tonight. They will have Matthew Phillips in the lineup. He was uh, assist a match penalty for spearing in game one, about 10 minutes into the first period. Uh, those are generally reviewed by the league after any match penalty for a suspension. He was not suspended and is good to go. So the Wranglers will have their top score from the regular season in their lineup and ready to go against the Canucks. Tonight, uh, it's Logan Gordon along with you. This is Sportsnet Today. Uh, let's hear from a couple members of the Calgary Wranglers following practice yesterday uh, ahead of this big matchup. Uh, should be a good one. We were about 5,600 fans strong at the uh, Saddle Dome on Wednesday. Looks like we're going to be able to exceed that uh, by quite a bit for Friday night's matchup here as I check uh, Wranglers.com for tickets. Really just about two rows in the... Lower deck, we'll call it, that still have uh, two or three seats together. The rest are just individuals. Uh, The Wranglers have opened up 10 sections in the second deck in the 200 level at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. And I'd say at least the first 10 rows um, in the second deck are uh, sold or just leaving with individual tickets left. So uh, if you're looking for something to do on this Friday, head to uh, the Calgary Wranglers website and uh, get your tickets. Should be a great atmosphere. Hoping to uh, exceed that number, which should be a great 
Playoff atmosphere as the uh, Canucks look to fall, or the Wranglers look to go up 2-0 against the Canucks in this series. Uh, let's start hearing from uh, head coach Mitch Love following practice yesterday, uh, what his team needs to do ahead of this matchup tonight against the Canucks uh, after a big win in game number one. All right, well, let's just talk about today. You guys just had a little bit of a skate around as well. What's the energy like on the team? What are you telling the guys right now? Oh, we just wanted to get out there and, uh, you know, get a few reps in terms of our execution and uh, I liked our guys jump today. There's good energy out there. Uh, you know, get what you need and, and then reset and get ready for tomorrow. Are you glad to get that first one under the belt? You guys didn't play for 11 days and, you know, just to get that down to the road. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's uh, it was a long time coming. Um, break almost felt like it lasted forever. Uh, it was good for the guys to get out there and, you know, and then we just watch some things as a team today and we will again tomorrow morning to see where some areas we can improve on and um, but it was important just to get some different competition uh, outside of ourselves. How do you feel about Clark Bishop's game? Uh, I thought he was real good last night. Um, that's what you come to expect but he, you know his play had been trending that way for the last three or four months. Um, you know physical playoff type player uh, identifies and knows his role and uh, I thought he executed. He had some real good looks offensively last night. I mean I know that's not really necessarily his job here. Um, but when you check the game, you, you create offense for yourself, and I thought he did that along with his line mates. It looked like he was going to end it before overtime there in the last minute, didn't it? It was a heck of a, heck of a move. I mean, I think he kind of almost thought the, when he made that cut to the middle there, he kind of surprised himself that he was in that <laughs> position, you know. But uh, I don't know. He had lots of jump last night, and uh, we just need a few more guys to jump on board there. Is it kind of a trade of your team next man up? You lose Matthew Phillips, your leading scorer, and you get other guys to step up and play key roles. Yeah, um, that's that's the American Hockey League. Um, obviously, in that circumstance, you, you'd like it to be a different uh, outcome there. But um, you know what? I thought our guys really stepped up. You know, threw things in a bit of a blender for us up front with eleven forwards. Thought our, I thought our guys, um, you know, adapted for the most part, playing with different personnel each and every shift. Uh, I tried to balance the bench uh, as best I could. Um, but you know that's uh, that's what good teams do this time of year is they step up in adverse moments, especially in the playoffs. And it was a big penalty kill for us, and then turned to four and four, and we got a big goal to kind of get us going the first. How would you sort of describe Adam Clapp? Because maybe evolution as a first year pro or first yeah. first year North American pro. Well, he's come a long ways. I mean, from where he was in Penticton in the rookie tournament there uh, back in September to to where he is now. Um, uh, I've seen a lot of growth in his game, and you know, again, he's still a young player, still learning the North American game. Um, but you know, he's th this is the time of year that a player like that's got to come to the forefront. And I thought I didn't mind his game last night. I thought he had some opportunity, he used his size, used his length, and obviously scored a big goal for us there in the third. That's there's more of a learning curve than people think there mm -hmm. isn't there in terms of like everyone says, well, you're six seven or six eight, yeah. just go use your size. But how have you seen him sort of? realize what that can mean at this level? Well, um, there, there's still some details to his game where I think he could be a little bit better. Like, you know, his stick's like eight feet long. So, like, it's, <laughs> you know, it, it, use that thing. You know, turn pucks over on the forward check or, or stripping guys on the back check. Um, you know, and when he does that, he's efficient. Um, but, again, it's a, big, it's a big difference, you know, from the big ice to, to the small ice. And, and things happen a little quicker. you gotta, you got to anticipate plays. you got to read plays before you get pucks. Um, and I think that's one area of his game that there's going to be continued growth and no better time of year than when it's fast and heavy and um, at the most important time. Is he a sponge? 
Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, he really is. I mean, he, he's almost too literal at times, you know. You, you tell him to do something, and he, and he does it to a tee, and sometimes you got to adapt. The game happens fast. you got to play hockey, but, you know, I think those are teachable things that he'll grow and mature as a, as a young player here. We, we always talk rest versus rust. In, in the rust sense, did you kind of – were you expecting what you saw last night from your group? Yeah, it was probably my biggest fear probably over the last three or four days leading into that game was going to be, you know, uh, what was our emotion going to be? You know, were we going to channel that the right way? Uh, they had a real good start over there. Obviously, we talked about that last night. Wolfie made some big saves for us. Um, but we were rusty. I, you know, we a lot of passes in the feet, uh, not a lot of pace. We'd get pucks, we'd stand there, then we'd go. You know, we, we talked about that today as a team, and, you know, I think guys will make adjustments. Uh, again, it's just playing those games and getting in a bit of a rhythm there. There you go, Mitch Love, head coach of the Calgary Wranglers, getting his team set for uh, tonight's matchup against the Canucks in Game 2 of this Best of 5 series uh, in the AHL second round of the playoffs. Uh, did mention Matthew Phillips back in the lineup for the Wranglers in Game 2 after that uh, match penalty for Spearing. Uh, he led the Wranglers with 76 points in the regular season in just 66 games. Had a league-best 15 game-winning goals and 10 more goals on the power play. Of course, you're going to watch for Jacob Peltier tonight after his uh, stint in the NHL, went back down to the Wranglers following the Flames season and uh, played hero in Game 1 with that overtime winner for the 3-2 win for the Wranglers. A couple more Wranglers to hear from. As we get set for this game, starting with defenseman Colton Pullman and what they're expecting from a pushback uh, as far as the Abbotsford Canucks are concerned in game number two. Um, just reset. Um, kind of got the first one out of the way. A lot of jitters, um, I think. I don't... I think we can compete and we can work a bit harder. They came hard. Um, today it was just about kind of getting our minds back to forgetting about what happened yesterday and, and uh, getting ready for tomorrow. How tough is it when you go 11 days and don't play a game and then get back on the ice like that? Yeah, for sure. It's You're, you're used to playing a game every two days coming down the stretch there and then to have that break off, it, it was great mentally, physically. and. Um, you know, it takes takes a little bit of game to get back into it. And now, now, you know, we got it. We got a lot more left in the tank. So hopefully, um, just keep it going. What does it say about the depth of this team? You, you lose your your leading scorer, and yet, you know, you guys are able to step up, kind of. Right? Yeah, that's a hard one to lose. He's Philly going down there, and then guys, like you said, just stepped up. Um, I think it was next next man up mentality. We just kind of. You know, we hurt, we feel for him, we, we, we want him in the lineup, we need him in the lineup. Um, but guys, you know, you don't think about that at the time and you just do your job just that much better, I think. So. How is the team group's approach different this year to last year? Yeah, I think it just comes down to, you know, a little bit different personnel. I think we got a lot of guys back from last year too. I don't know how much it's a different group, different feel for sure every year, but I think it's the message is roughly the same, you know, just keep going one day at a time. Um, nothing crazy, just everyone doing their job, just at that heightened level. So. Clark Bishop was a guy who I think a lot of people really noticed yesterday. So for people who haven't been following the team, is that what you expect from a guy like him? Yeah, for sure. He's got tons of experience. He's, he's played in the NHL. He's played in a lot of games down in the AHL here. He's a guy that we look to. You know, that whole line I thought was unbelievable of, of Sutter, Rooney, and, and, um, and Bish, of course. And you, and you saw it in their play, and, and Bish especially. Like, he got his legs going. He kind of got the guys going, just how physical and hard he plays, protecting pucks. And it's something for guys to, you know, grab onto, I think. Did you say anything to Dustin after the 2-on-0 early? 
Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a tough read by me. I, I went up, I missed the puck there, and saw two guys there, and I was like, oh, no. Like, so he's gladly um, cut my back a lot. So yeah. Is that, like, for those of us that didn't see all 72, is that just Dustin Wolf, what we saw last night? For sure. Yeah. Like, he's a lot of games, he's making saves like that the whole entire game. You know, like, he's... We, we got a lot of confidence in him. Both our goalies back there, too. Um, that's that's kind of him in a nutshell. You know, we, if you see a two-on-one or, you know, get a, get a tough break and a couple bad bad shifts in your own end, he's he's there to kind of bail you out. So. What, what's the value in, obviously, you'd love to feel like you kind of fired on all cylinders last night, but what's the value in winning an ugly one when you maybe don't have your best stuff? Yeah, I think Wolfie kind of, you know, played his played his heart out for us there and we we started to come on late I thought but yeah they they played a good hard game against us they come hard they play hard and it's it's gonna be another battle but to to get that out that first one out was was huge Colton Pullman that's been for the Calgary Wranglers again seven o'clock puck drop right here on Sportsnet 960 the fan or uh, grab yourself some tickets head out on a Friday night uh to the Scotiabank Saddle and catch some playoff hockey uh with the Wranglers and the Abbotsford Canucks uh of course in the NHL Four games on the schedule tonight to look forward to. The Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Islanders kicking things off with a 5 p.m. puck drop. Carolina still leads that series three games to two. It'll be on Sportsnet 360 for your viewing pleasure. Uh, A couple of notes ahead of tonight's games uh, on the roster front for everybody. Rod Brindamore saying the Hurricanes will dress uh, the same 18 skaters from game five, but will not reveal a starting goaltender. That's the only thing that he is still waiting to see. So uh, perhaps Andy Ronta does not get the starting goal for Carolina. Uh, David Krejci will take warm-up tonight for the Boston Bruins, but is a game-time decision. That is the same status for Joe Pavelski. Uh, he could be back in the lineup for the Dallas Stars tonight. Pete DeBoer uh, terming him game-time decision. And Matt Zuccarello did not skate for the second straight day. Uh, he won't uh, give us a status for him ahead uh, of tonight's game against the Stars. So I uh, could see some lineup changes for Dallas and Minnesota for a 7.30 puck drop in that series. Uh, Stars can put it away in six games if they beat Minnesota tonight. Of course, the Bruins and the Panthers after that terrible ending for Boston in game five. They're in sunrise for a 5.30 puck drop looking to put away Matthew Kachuk and the Florida Panthers. And then the late one, the one that's got uh, people all curious about, uh, can the defending Stanley Cup champions push it to Game 7 in Colorado? The Kraken look to uh, dethrone them in Game 6. Climate Pledge Arena should be buzzing for that matchup tonight. It's an 8 o'clock puck drop across the Sportsnet television network. And uh, just quickly before we get out of here, an hour one. Our first finished series means that we can uh, officially award points in our uh, producer bracket challenge here on Sportsnet today. Um, Vegas takes out Winnipeg in five games. That means, Taylor, uh, you get one point. You had Vegas in six. This is unbelievable. Cam actually gets two points, which I I really can't believe. 
Him gets two points for having Vegas in five, which, again, doesn't make any physical sense to me. Uh, Cam, don't get used to it. It's the only one I'm you're going to get. I'm already used to it. Uh, geez. Uh, I get a point at Vegas in six. And uh, Alex, Brody on the beat, uh, a big fat zero. Uh, he had Jets in six. That did not happen. And uh, therefore, he shall be awarded zero points for that series. Uh, we all need Colorado. <laughs> we all need Colorado to win pretty badly. Uh, none of us can get two points in this series, though. Uh, Cam and Brody had Colorado sweeping. Me and Taylor had Colorado in six. So we need Colorado to win the next two games, and we all get a point. Or is it too late to no? Change you're not changing things. Six the... games in the series. No. That's enough of you. Put that eraser down. That's stop. That's why I am holding on to it's the rules. It's written in pen. I believe there's a graphic on it in social media as well. Uh, it can be taken down. Mm. Uh, what else tonight? Devils and Rangers. What do we need in this one? Uh, Devils can win in six. That would be good news for Taylor and Alex, who picked New Jersey in the series. Uh, Cam has Rangers in six. That can't happen, but he can still get a point if the Rangers come back and win the series. Uh, I need the Rangers to win in seven to get a full two points on that one. So that doesn't look great. Uh, what else tonight? We have Hurricanes Islanders. Um, I have Islanders in six. That's a failure. Cam, you have Carolina in five. That's a failure. Taylor, you can get your full two points with a Hurricanes win because you had Canes in six. Alex needs back-to-back -back Islanders wins for Isles in seven. Um, and none of us will get two points. We were so close. That's, that's why I was mad. I was trying to figure out why that Allmark thing pissed me off so much is because we all had, except for Cam, again, surprised he got two points in one of these, um, even though I love him, it's still surprising. Uh, we all had Bruins in five. I mean, him and that betting on the Toronto Maple Leafs to win last night, is is any evidence of how good he is at picking things to win? How much money did you put down? Because I wasn't here for this. $11. Wow. Which I also said, coincidentally, is the Leafs record in closing out games. Oh, it's the opposite, right? It's their own 11. 11. 11. Mm. And Cam is out $11. Cam's just reckless with his money. He is. So I'm starting to learn. Whether it be food delivery, whether it be car delivery speed through speed traps or cameras. Ticket deliveries. Yeah. Ticket deliveries that come to him in the mail. Buying sporting event tickets? No, he doesn't buy those. He tries to get them for free. No, he's bought a couple. Quite a few, actually. Wow. And now, apparently, sports gambling. You've been sucked in by all the ads, Cam. They're 24-7. They finally seeped in. You know, I kept listening to those Flames Talk Best Bets, and I'm like, I got to get in on this. It's a bad idea. Yeah. Did Best Bets tell you to take the Leafs last night? Uh, best bets has 
I think that sponsorship ended a few weeks ago, so that was not a, a best bet. So you waited until best bets ended. I was betting before best bets ended. And Pat was actually ended. giving you advice, and now you just, you've gone out on your own and... <laughs> I sent a message out last night in our group chat with uh, Steinberg and Vickers, and I'm like, hey, I'm thinking about putting down this bet. How do we feel about it? And I had a Leafs win, a Matthews goal, and a Marner point. And I'm like, this needs to happen for them to win. And, and no one got back to me. And then as soon um, as the game is, is done. False. That is as false. As soon as the game is done, I get a text. And Aaron Vickers texts me and says, you know, I don't like the bet. That is false information because Taylor how many times like did I say, don't do it. It's the Leafs. And you're like, I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> That's on you. Yeah, well, fool me once. I don't know. I still you guys have a group chat that I'm not involved with, apparently. That kind of hurts. Vickers, I ain't got a group chat with Vickers. Hmm. It's because he's on Flames Talk no, a lot. That's, no, that's great. Whatever. Cam likes to ask if people want Starbucks No, that's fine. Whatever. Cool, man. I'm not hurt by it at all. We have a lovely No, whatever. No, it's cool. It's fine. Don't worry about it. You guys we'll just shelve it for off air. Whatever you guys do with Pat and Vickers in your own free time. Uh thought you were my producers, but whatever. No, it's fine. Like um, that. I mean we're also Flamestock producers. Yeah, whatever. So... Yeah, okay. Mm. You're NHL, our favorite though. NHL.com. <clears throat> Aaron Vickers, not anything else. I mean you're still a No, that's fine. That's fine. Uh Hurricanes Islanders at five. Uh Bruins Panthers five thirty. 7.30, Wild and Stars, and uh, Colorado-Seattle, uh, 8 o'clock matchup tonight. Four more games in the NHL playoffs tonight. Still waiting uh, for Oilers-Kings because apparently that has to happen on Saturday night. Uh, you also have the Leafs and the Lightning at 5, Devils-Rangers at 6 tomorrow, and uh, Oilers look to get through the LA Kings in round one once again. Game six of that series given an 8 o'clock puck drop uh, from Crypto.com Arena in Los Angeles. Uh, enjoy all the playoff action. It's getting good. Um, and when we talk to you again on Monday, should have at least a couple series uh, put away now and finalized. So it should be good. And we'll have a better idea of what's going on uh, with the Calgary Wranglers and the Abbotsford Canucks. As that series game two tonight. It's got uh, your radio attention uh, with uh, GVP and Azam, I believe, doing uh, intermissions and post game. Uh, for that, so make sure you tune into that one with those guys. They'll keep you covered throughout the night with Sandra Persina on the call. We'll take a break, come back on the other side. We'll kick things off on hour two, chatting some Calgary Roughnecks lacrosse, a franchise best regular season for the Roughnecks, a bye week to finish off the regular season, all of that culminating in a playoff game next Saturday at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Tanner Cook of the Calgary Roughnecks joins us next. Here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.